You're listening to Amazing Advertising, the podcast dedicated to advertising mascots, slogans, and jingles. My name is Lyle Perez, and I'm going to help bring back memories from your childhood. One of my earliest memories as a kid is of me playing with a G.I. Joe in a bathtub. I can remember it vividly. It helps that there's a picture of me in the bathtub playing with my G.I. Joe. I must have been at least five in that picture, maybe even younger. As a kid, I spent a lot of time with my mom over my dad because she would drive me to my grandma's house every day while my dad was at work. She'd pick me up a lot of the time too. It's strange, because sometimes my dad would have to take me to my grandma's house, but he'd take a different route than my mom. She would seem to go around the town to get to my grandma's house, while my dad would just cut right through town. When my mom would take me, she would stop at a store that was an actual hostess store. They sold nothing but hostess product. I don't know if you guys have had one, but my mom would go there pretty much every morning. She'd buy one of those apple turnover things with the apple filling. Those are disgusting. I don't like that stuff because it has fruit filling inside of it. I don't like pies. I don't like ice cream with real fruit inside. I don't like yogurt with fruit inside. And so on. I'm still like that to this day. I have a lot of memories about this store. It was just a standalone building and directly in front of a middle school. That building is still there. It's no longer a hostess store though. I don't even know if those exist anymore. But that building, it's a Hispanic food market now. I don't know, I haven't been inside of that building since the hostess store. But anyway, my mom would go to that store all the time. When I'd go, I'd get to pick something for me. My mom never really cared what I ate or anything like that. So my breakfast consists of donuts, milk, and pastries. A lot of the time, when I went to the hostess store, I'd go for a nice, yellow, spongy Twinkie. Those are the best. Remember how I said that I don't like stuff with stuff inside? Same goes for those Twinkies. I'd eat the entire outer layer and leave the filling alone. I still do that. I like the cake, not so much the frosting. Speaking of which, I don't like frosting on cake. Is that weird? On today's episode, I'll be talking about Hostess Twinkie mascot, Twinkie the Kid. I'll talk about his history, the commercials, the voice actor, and I'll tell you the story about the evil thrift store worker who broke one of my commemorative cups. I have a short but fun episode for you today, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the memories. Hello, I'm Ann Blythe for Hostess. Here they come. The Twinkie, Cupcake, and Fruit Pie Champs. Leave it to them? That's all they eat. So I say when, and I say Hostess, because freshness never tasted so good as in Hostess snack cakes. So moist and creamy, you know they're fresh. That's why they love the taste. Hostess, Cupcakes, Twinkies, and Fruit Pies. 
Freshness never tasted so good. Around now is the time where I talk about the history of the company. Because I'm talking about a mascot that represent a specific product and not a company, I'm just going to talk about the history of the Twinkie. If I ever do another show that's suitable for Hostess, I'll do the history then. Twinkies are a delightful yellow pastry snack that has pleased millions for years. Twinkies were invented on April 6, 1930, in Schiller Park, Illinois. A baker by the name of James Alexander Duar was the man behind the Twinkie. He got the idea for Twinkies when he saw several vending machines that sold cream-filled strawberry shortcakes when out of season. He thought about a banana cream-filled cake, which he ended up calling the Twinkie. There was a little debate on how he came up with the name, but the widely accepted story was that he saw a billboard sign that read Twinkie Toe Shoes, and he just put it together. During World War II, bananas were rationed and sent to the troops, so instead of using banana filling, they started using vanilla. And now the Twinkie that we all know and love is born. On January 11, 2012, Hostess, who owns Twinkies, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, which meant that Twinkies, as well as all of Hostess products, would no longer be made. I remember this. The day after, I went to the Circle K that's over here by my house, and everything Hostess was gone. It was like gone. The, the whole place was like ransacked. It was so strange. There were zero products left. And I mean zero. Nothing. I asked and they told me, oh, everyone came and they just bought everything. It was mayhem. For a while, it looked like Twinkies were gone forever. But on March 12, 2013, it was reported that Twinkies would return to the stores in May. If it was up to me, their once-lived advertising mascot, Twinkie the Kid, should have returned too. And actually, I think it did. I saw him in the store not too long ago. Good job, Hostess. This is Twinkie the Kid. Ever wonder how they get that creamy filling into the middle of a Twinkie's cake? Well, these kids have some pretty good ideas. First, they put down the creamy filling, then they bake the cake all around. See, they got this big tube full of the stuff and they just squish it in. It's just born there. Hostess Twinkies cakes, fruit pies, and cupcakes. Yahoo! The fresh snacks with a snack in the middle. You know, how do they get the cream filling in there? I'm pretty sure they bake the Twinkie and then they just shove a cylinder or a tube or something inside and crank it in there. That's my guess. I'm no baker, so I have no idea. Twinkie the Kid was the advertising mascot for Twinkies. I guess the best way to describe him is a walking Twinkie with cowboy dress on. He wore a 10-gallon hat with the words Twinkie the Kid right on it, a bandana around his neck, and cowboy boots. His name is a play on word with Billy the Kid, but I'm sure we all could figure that part out. He's a walking Twinkie with a face. That would be another way of putting it. He was first introduced in 1971 on product packaging, merchandise, and commercials. Earlier commercials show the mascot interacting with live children at first, and then they transform into cartoons. Kind of like how Gene Kelly danced with Jerry Mouse without the transformation. Kind of the same idea, but in black and white. 
Later commercials, they would show the mascot with cartoon children from the beginning. I guess they found it easier to shoot the commercials that way. It's hard to confirm some of these facts as there isn't much information on the mascot floating around. One thing I do see is that he was voiced by Alan Swift. I'll tell you more about him right after this. Alan Swift was born on January 16, 1924, and sadly passed away on April 18, 2010 from heart failure. He was an American voice actor who did voices for shows like Underdog, Tom and Jerry, and more. Hard to believe, but Mr. Swift provided most of the voices you'd heard on the Howdy Doody show. He was a talented guy who did most of his work behind the camera. One great talent that will be missed. If you've been a listener of the Amazing Advertising Podcast since the beginning, I'm sure you all know that my collection of advertising mascot merchandise is pretty big. I have a lot of stuff, and if you keep up with the Facebook page, you'll see every time I add something to it. To kind of highlight this, I'm going to start a new segment called What Does Lyle Have? Every time there's a new mascot, I'll check my collection to see if I have anything from that mascot. That's pretty much all the information I have on Twinkie the Kid. So let's move on to our new segment. This week we're talking about Twinkie the Kid, and I have two items in my collection. One is a glass cup with Twinkie the Kid on it. I have a story that goes with this item. I was at the Salvation Army looking around and I spotted this glass cup. And I was like, oh, I gotta put that in my collection. I grabbed it without hesitation. I was so excited because it was my first Twink of the Kid find. A minute later, I found another one. I grabbed them both and put them in the cart with the kids. Of course, I told my son Callan not to touch it because he's a crazy boy. We get to the register to pay. Callan grabs one of them from me and tries to put it on the counter. It scared me because I thought he was going to break it. Everything was going good until it was time to pay. Nobody touched it. I gave the cashier my debit card, and as she handed it back to me, she hit the top of one of the glasses, and it fell to the ground and shattered. I was filled with rage. I spent the past 10 minutes protecting these cups for my kids, and the cashier ends up breaking one of them. After it all happened, I calmed down and went on my way. Every time I look at that lone Twinkie the Kid cup, I imagine it could have had a twin standing right next to it. Twinkie the Kid now. Twinkie! The boy up the bridge! Oh 
So that's going to do it for this episode, but before we leave, we actually have a Memories Corner. It's from a good friend, Rob O'Hara, who is uh, one of the co-founders of the Throwback Network. He sent in a nice recording about a mascot that I've never heard of before. Uh, it's called the Taco Mayo Mousecot. That's pretty cool, Mousecot. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Rob, let's, uh, let's hear what you have to say. Hi, this is Rob O'Hara, fellow podcaster and a fan of the show, and I wanted to tell you about one of my favorite mascots of all time, and that would be the Taco Mayo Mousecot. Now, if you're not from the Southwest, specifically Oklahoma, you may not be familiar with Taco Mayo. It is a Mexican fast food restaurant similar to Taco Bell and Taco Bueno. Uh, it was founded in 1978 in Norman, Oklahoma, by a man named James Garner, not related to the famous actor James Garner, who's also from Norman, Oklahoma. Now, in 1980, Taco had expanded from its one store in Norman to three stores in the Oklahoma City metro area. Uh, they continued to expand over the years. Their goal was to have 200 stores by the year 2000, but they didn't reach that goal. Uh, in fact, they had only reached 100 stores by 1997, and today there are only 53 locations. Now, when I was a kid, my dad worked evenings. He worked 3 p.m. until 11.30 p.m., and I didn't get home from school until 3.30 p.m., so normally I wouldn't have seen him all week long. So what he decided to do was pick me up for lunch every Wednesday. So every Wednesday he would come to my elementary school, pick me up for lunch, and take me somewhere. Now, I live in a suburb of Oklahoma City, and there weren't a whole lot of choices to choose from, and one of those choices that we had was Taco Mayo. So we went to Taco Mayo at least a couple of times every month, and sometimes more than that. Now, you can find out more about Taco Mayo on Wikipedia, but one thing you won't find on the Wikipedia page is any information about their mascot from the 1980s, also known as the Mousecot. But if you Google Taco Mayo and Mousecot, you will find some local newspaper articles talking about Taco Mayo and their new mascot. Now, if you're a fan of this show, you know that it was real common in the early 1980s for fast food restaurants to sell drinking glasses uh, with different characters on them. They could be characters from that restaurant, or they could have been other licensed characters like Smurf glasses or Garfield glasses. Uh, and one of the problems with Taco Mayo being a locally owned business is that they couldn't afford to license those characters. So what James Garner did was contact a local advertising company to make their own mascot. Now, the slogan for Taco Mayo at that time was, Taco Mayo makes great Mexican food fast. So when James Garner went to this local advertising agent with that slogan, they sat down, and according to the article, the advertising agency was reminded of the old cartoon character Speedy Gonzalez. So what they did was created a new character based on Speedy Gonzalez, and that became the Taco Mayo mousecot. 
Now, according to the article, Gail Rhodes, uh, one of the advertising agents that James Garner talked to, said that using characters like the Smurfs or Mickey Mouse would require continually paying royalties to their developers. And so that's how she convinced Garner to pay for the development of his own character. Quote, if you buy him one time, he's yours and you don't need to obtain the rights to use him in each market, she said. Now, James Garner did say he thought it might not be a good idea for a mouse to be associated with a restaurant. And let me tell you, all of my friends constantly made fun of the Taco Mayo mouse. In fact, it didn't look very much like a mouse at all. It actually looked like a rat. (laughs) But Rhodes defends her decision in the article and says cartoons aren't dirty and children love him. So after Gail's husband Paul designed the mouse cut, they turned to their friends in the animation business to come up with seven seconds worth of animation. And I remember this very well. It showed uh, the the mouse cut, and he would say, Taco Mayo makes great Mexican food fast, and then pew! Now at the end of the article, Gail says that her firm also developed a mouse cot costume, which could be worn by employees at new Taco Mayo openings and on occasion at Oklahoma City 89er baseball games. Well, unfortunately, the Oklahoma City 89ers are no longer a baseball team, and neither is the mouse cot. The mouse cot was retired after approximately 10 years of service. Uh, Taco Mayo has changed their slogan several times throughout the years. Uh, And in the mid-90s, they changed from Taco Mayo makes great Mexican food fast to Taco Mayo me, baby. And with that, the mascot was retired. Now, you would think after developing their own mascot that there would be lots of Taco Mayo items with the mouse appearing on them. But unfortunately, that's not the case. In fact, the only thing I've been able to find over the years are those drinking glasses they mentioned with the Taco Mayo mascot on them. And yes, I'm holding one right now. Taco Mayo makes great Mexican food fast. Rob, thanks so much for sending that in. It was very informative. I love how even the smallest of places could have their own advertising mascot and even have their own stories. Uh, I do remember a lot of those cups, a lot of places like McDonald's, Burger King, they always had new cups going. If it it wasn't their mascot, they they would do the licensing. Like Rob said, they would uh, get like Pocahontas stuff, uh, Batman stuff, you name it. And uh, I do have a ton of those cups too. I have the Snoopy cups that he mentioned. And, uh, yeah, just uh, good memories. And thanks so much, Rob, for sending that in, man. If you want to appear on the show just like Rob did and record a memory about an advertising mascot, please do so. And you can send those to advertisingmascots at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, if you have any feedback or anything else, too, go ahead and send it there. Don't forget to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash amazingadvertisingpodcast. And uh, Amazing Advertising is a part of the Throwback Network. So go ahead to uh, throwbacknetwork.net and check out all the shows they got. Check out uh, all the good stuff. I think even Rob has a show on there. So go check those out. If you'd like to support the show, you could go to patreon.com slash amazingadvertising. Even a small $1 donation every month does help uh, pay for hosting, pay for a lot of the stuff over here at the Amazing Advertising Very Small Studio. (laughs) You can also support the show by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. Those always help. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.
Cakes. 